The Leafs lose both of their back-to-back games this weekend, picking up just one of a possible four points. We'll talk about some of the disappointments throughout those games, including Mitch Marner and his struggles. All that more coming up on the Locked On Leafs podcast, part of Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into the Locked On Leafs podcast, a daily Maple Leafs-centric podcast hosted by myself, Mike DiStefano, and my co-host, Dave Morissuti. Today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use the promo code LOCKEDONNHL to get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. At least uh, grabbing just one point on the weekend at a 4-3 overtime loss to Chicago on Friday. Followed it up with a 3-2 loss in regulation to the Pittsburgh Penguins uh, with uh, Kyle Dubas and Jason Spezza grinning from ear to ear after that one, I'm sure. Um, least now just 10-6-3 on the year. And maybe what's more of a concerning stat that's kind of been floating around, Dave, is the fact that through 19 games so far this season, the Leafs have just five wins in regulation. Yeah, it's not ideal considering, you know, the regulation wins do need to be important when the standings at, you know, potential tiebreakers and things like that. So not getting it done in regulation is it's not something you want to see from this team. Yes, it's only 19 games. I do get that, but it doesn't look good when you put it in that perspective. No, and I mean, technically 10, 6, and 3, okay, they've got 10 wins, they have 9 losses. Like, this is basically a 500 team right now, uh, but they've picked up a couple, you know, three pity points along the way, including one in Chicago. And let's be honest, Dave, that's that's not a game that you should be happy picking up a pity point in. Like, you, you, you need to get two full points out of a team like Chicago, and they weren't able to do it. I get it. They played well. They should have won that game. It's not that they didn't play good or they weren't ready to go. If You could use the term goalie to maybe, but either way, it's it's just it's the same old Leafs, right, playing down to their opponents year after year, man. It's the same old Leafs. Yeah, it was it was sloppiness, right? Like they they did some really good things offensively. What they failed to do was take care of things in their own end, right? Give give Chicago opportunities that really they I don't understand why you're giving Chicago opportunities, right? You have the game in control. The only way you're going to lose that game is if you beat yourself up. Well, the Leafs gave themselves a pretty good beating in that game. Yeah, yeah, up three to one uh, heading into the third period. That eighteen giveaways in that game and you go you look at the tape go look at all four of those goals and and i I believe three of the four if you go back and look uh, about five within five seconds prior to the puck being in the back of the net it was on a maple leaf stick so giveaways certainly them shooting themselves in the foot but also some real shaky goaltending i mean that was another thing that came out of this weekend both goalies not sharp samsonov I mean, there was a couple of goals there in that loss to Chicago that really, really 
makes you think like, ah, can this guy get his game back? Because just when you think, okay, Sammy's playing better, plays well in a couple of starts, then all of a sudden he puts up another stinker like he did in Chicago. Yeah, he didn't look comfortable at all in that game. Like, you could tell when certain shots were going on him, he wasn't very sure of himself. His position wasn't there. He allowed Jason Dickinson to score a hat trick on him. Like, let's be honest here. Jason Dickinson had three goals going into that game. He scored three. Like, yeah. that, that just cannot happen. Jason Dickinson should not be giving you that much trouble as a goaltender. And even the goal that the overtime goal, like, yeah, I get the pucks go- behind you. Not too sure where it is. That's kind of bad luck, but it was unfortunate luck. I mean, some poor, piss poor defending in front of him as well because nobody decides to. When you can't find the puck, tie up your man. Usually it's the way it goes. And it results in the back of the net. Like, just just utter disorganization, chaos, whatever you want to call it. I I mean, Joseph Wall, if we're going to compare, I think he had the better of the two performances, which, I mean, they're both losing efforts, so it's not saying as much. I thought Wall had the tougher game. I thought Pittsburgh was a much, I mean, obviously a much better yeah. team. But at the end of the day, you didn't pick up a win in either game. So it's tough to be, yeah, one was better than the other, but both ended up being losing efforts. Yeah. And, and honestly, that's kind of what we're, we've been dealing with all season long. I don't, I, I'm almost getting to a point where I want them to kind of pick a goalie and, and run with it. I'm not sure the mm-hmm. flip flopping back and forth, the schedule too, I'm sure is, has been a problem for these guys. No one's been able to really get into a rhythm either with only playing like, two games within a 12-day span, then all of a sudden you get a back-to-back. You only get one of these games. you know. So now I think as you get back into you know a regular schedule, they've got a few games this week, and then they kind of do have a lot of time off next week. I think there's like four or five days in between uh, their their next game, like Saturday, and they don't play again until like the following Friday or something. It's, it's bizarre, the schedule that they've had here the last month or so. But... I th- I think I'm getting to the point where just they need to go with a goalie and give him a run of like four or five starts in a row. Back to backs is obviously difficult. It's not that I was expecting for you know one of these guys to to start both games this weekend. But going forward, I just want them to pick a goalie and give them a few starts in a row and see if someone can get on a heater because going back and forth doesn't seem to be working. No, it it doesn't. Um, usually, generally, goaltenders, yeah, they like to have a bit of a rhythm. In today's NHL, teams that try to run the 1A, 1B, I think tend to hurt goaltenders more in that regard. You're seeing teams that run their stars a little bit more, and they have a bit more rhythm, more comfort. And, and the problem is, I don't know if it's just Sheldon Keith doesn't have trust with either goaltender right now. I know he wants to get both guys going, but this is where the goaltending coach has to come in and say, ah, you know what, let's just ride the hot hand of whichever one has the gives us the better chance right now because the constant flip-flopping isn't really doing well. I mean, yeah, the scheduling, as you said, hasn't done them well. I I mean, I've hated the schedule that they've had. The Sweden game, I understand it's an important thing for the NHL, but the next few weeks doesn't help matters that much either. Now, it's, it's going to be interesting, too, to kind of take a look at all these teams that you know, come back from Sweden to see how they do like Minnesota. I know that they lost again, uh, Ottawa, you know, lost this weekend. So it will be interesting to see how all these teams perform coming back from, you know, a random 
European road trip in the middle of the season. You know, that that has always been kind of the downfall where teams do go. It takes them a couple of weeks to get back into a routine, into a system. So, you know, I guess that's something to to look into as well. Like this was their first couple games back since that Swedish trip. So maybe they still aren't quite back into a, a full routine. Um, but there's a lot of games this week and, and they got to start piling up some wins, man, because like we've talked about before, this is a tough division and Vasilevsky's back in the fold now for Tampa Bay. You know, he, he returned and got a win. So, uh, it's, pumped. you know, it pumped Carolina too. It pumped Carolina. That's right. So, you know, the Leafs, if they're going to want to hang around, I mean, Boston's doing their thing, Florida's doing their thing. And now if you got Tampa, who's going to be, uh, you know, adding Vasilevsky and scoring at, a, a you know, the highest rate in the league. I, I mean, they got to pick their game up, too, or they're going to fall out of that divisional spot and they're going to be in wildcard territory. And that's not where you want to be if you are the Maple Leafs. All right, we'll take a quick break. When we get back, uh, we chatted about the, the defending 18 giveaways way too much on Friday. Cleaned it up a little bit on Saturday, but still uh, not as clean as you want to be. And we talked about the goaltending being poor. What about up front? And what about that top line in particular who were held off the score sheet? We'll chat about that and Mitch Marner's struggles in particular on the other side. But before we get into it, Dave, why don't you tell us about one of our new show sponsors? Yep. Today's show is brought to, brought to you by uh, Collective. If you're running a business of one, you're wearing many hats in your day-to-day. With Collective, bookkeeping, accounting, don't need to be one of them. You can start saving thousands of dollars and hours of your time by letting Collective handle your business's paperwork. Collective is the number one financial solution for freelancers, contractors, and self-employed entrepreneurs that lets you focus on your passions, not your paperwork. Let Collective handle all the paperwork you dread, like corporate formation and compliance, taxes, bookkeeping, accounting, and even payroll. The best part? It's at a fraction of the cost of a CPA. Collective knows that if your business of one makes over 80000 a year, you'll find the most value from their services. Join the thousands of solo entrepreneurs who have saved an average of $10,000 per year on taxes with their structure. Right now, Collective is offering one month free and no onboarding fees when you go to collective.com slash locked on NHL and tell them locked on NHL sent you. That's a $550 value for free when you go to collective.com slash locked on NHL and tell them locked on NHL sent you. That's collective.com slash locked on NHL and tell them locked on NHL sent you. Welcome back. It's the Locked On Leafs podcast. It's Mike DiStefano and Dave Morissuti. We are a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast. You can find us wherever you download your pods at. Also on YouTube, we have new content coming out each and every weekday, Monday to Friday. So make sure that you are subscribed so that you do get the new shows as soon as they come out. And uh, yeah, that'd be greatly appreciated. All right. So look, Friday was... It was it was bad for a lot of reasons. A couple of you know tough things happened. A you lose to Chicago, who was playing awful. They had just got you talk about Carolina getting pumped by Tampa. I mean Chicago just got pumped by Columbus, um, which is even worse. <laughs> so that happened, and then there was the situation. Taylor Hall the day before was placed on IR for the remainder of the season. You got this Corey Perry thing that's going on. All this this circus happening in Chicago yet. You still can't beat them, and you couldn't beat them with 
literally finally getting depth scoring. Like they got three goals from their bottom six. Couldn't muster up a single goal within their top six. William Nylander ends his point streak at 17 games. Um, and then you didn't see the top six really factor in much either. More specifically, the top line didn't factor in much either in uh, the Saturday game against the Pittsburgh Penguins. How worried are you about the lack of offense from this top line right now? Well, Mike, you you, you forgot to bring up the most important part of all of this. You failed mm. to win a game in which Ryan Reeves scores a damn goal for you. Well, I mean, he shouldn't have been in the game. But anyways. Hey, he scored a goal. <laughs> he's, he's, probably talk, he's probably saying suck on it, losers, right? I mean. I mean, they lost the game. It was the first time they played him in like four or five games, and he plays, and they lose. wasn't his fault. I'll say that. was not his fault that they lost that game, although he was on the ice for a goal against. But uh, good for you. You know, Ryan Reeves, obviously, you know, I I don't relish in, you know, his struggles. I just know it's going to (laughs) come. That's all it is there. When he scores, it does good things for the team. I'm happy for him. I'm happy for the team, obviously. But uh, I don't expect for him to put his arms up in the air too, too often this season, Dave. What I think is concerning here, and getting back to the top line, wasn't so much the Chicago game, but the Pittsburgh game, and especially seeing Mitch Marner, the way his body language was on the Mm -hmm. Well, like on the, the ice for a couple against too, right? Even yeah, and 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 like even the Chicago game too. Yeah, the other problem was when you're not scoring. Okay, that's that's fine if you're if you're having some of these offensive dry spells. It happens. Not you're not firing at all cylinders. Um, but the issue is is when you're not doing it defensively either, right? You know, that's my biggest concern is. They're not a positive when when they're on the ice right now. They heard they've been playing as a bit of a negative. Matthew Nice has at least found ways to you know contribute. He's uh, you know scored a really nice goal against Pittsburgh. He didn't have a great game against Chicago, but the efforts there you see it. Even the goal he scored wasn't like it wasn't on that line. Yeah, was that power play goal? Second unit power play, or maybe it was. Uh... <laughs> Arnko got on the ice and fed him like yeah, in the middle of a change. Yeah, but like the issue that's my issue I have with this top line right now is um, they're clearly struggling offensively. So the defensive miscues, the issues defensively get magnified that much more. And I, and that's a part really when Sheldon Keefe comes out and he says, don't want to pile on the negatives here. Mitch Mars leading this team at five on five scoring. It's like, but you're also getting outscored at five on five when that top line, especially Mitch Marner, is out there on the ice. Jonas Siegel actually wrote a really good article for The Athletic about all this. And he basically looks at the numbers of Mitch Marner at even strength versus him on the power play. It's concerning, right? When you look at just how how much he has struggled at five on five. And look, the reason why we're the reason why it's a concern right now is because these guys, this way this Leafs team is built, when those guys aren't going, the rest of the team falls. Right? It, it struggles. It's nice you see the third line get some get some offense going. It's nice that we see, I mean, Bertuzzi's really come along and Nylander and Tavares like that. That trio has been so formidable. 
But when you're not your top guys that you're paying top money to aren't producing, there's only so much that the rest of the team can do because it's not that's not the way this team is built. This team is top heavy. It's been like that for a long time. And these struggles, it like there's there's a correlation between the team struggles and their struggles. There's no other way to put it. Yeah, no, I know there there totally is. And like I'm I'm looking at the looking at the numbers right now. Um, just to see exactly what they're looking like. And yeah, like Mitch Marner, you look at him, they're being outshot by the opposition. Like when he's out when he's out there on the ice at five on five, he's being outshot by the opposition. He's been outscored by the opposition by just one goal, but still it's a minus one goal differential at five on five when Marner's out there on the ice. And he's a, you know, minus or he's 49% expected goals. So even the ex- expected goals is is about that minus one. Uh, so it's not really going well for him when he's out there. They're giving up a lot defensively, obviously, and you saw that happen in the Pittsburgh game. And, you know, when it comes to high danger chances, they're giving up more high danger chances than they're generating too, which is not what you expect to see out of Mitch Marner. Like that, when you see Marner and Matthews and insert whichever player, here what it what last year was bunting but you know it's been others in the past i you know you just you expect for them to be up in the upper 50s in terms of their expected goals and to definitely have the shot share and to have you know more chances more high danger chances more high danger goals that's what this team does that's what they're built on is for those guys to do it i will say this one thing that i did notice that is different this year than it is in years past is you look at the zone starts for those guys, much more zone starts in the defensive end than they do in the offensive end. And I think that's because they don't have a shutdown line. They're kind of using them as the, as the you know, the, the matchup line. And that's a problem because now all of a sudden you're not allowed to you not that you're not allowed, but you're when you get a, an offensive face-off, well, you kind of got to throw the third line out there because you don't really trust them that much on on in your own line. But then you also have that second line with Nylander, Tavares, and Bertuzzi who are playing really, really well. So now all of a sudden, they're not getting as many offensive looks, but they're also being forced to defend. And I think that's kind of what the situation has been. So it's twofold. I think that, sure, they, in years past, have been able to generate or turn that solid defense into offense, and that just hasn't quite been the case this year for whatever reason. I'm sure the poor goaltending is not helping. Like, when he's out there on the ice, they're giving up. Uh, I think the save percentage is rather low um, when he's out there on the ice. I mean, yeah, what is it here? On ice save percentage is 887 when he's on the ice or 889 when he's on the ice. So that's, that's, you know, pretty low for Mitch Marner when he's out there, you know? So it's a little bit of bad puck luck as well, but ultimately they still do have to play better. Like these guys are paid like $11 million each to more to produce. Like you, you can't, you just can't do what you're doing right now. It's no, it's not a winning formula for the Leafs. It's not. And what, what bothers me here is, is the Sheldon Keefe response a little bit to it? But I think Sheldon Keefe didn't do the team any any favors on Saturday when he went with the 11-7. I get the blue line was nicked up. That's kind of his justification for going with the 11-7. But William Nylander played 26 minutes. You saw in the third period, he literally had like nothing left. 
Well, I mean, he had like the he played like the last three minutes. Literally, he, they all did. It was they had no damage. Comes back. I think he went to the bench and then keeps like, yeah, you're going right back out there again. Like, Literally, he, I think he went to the bench for 10 seconds, 10 seconds. And then like, got. I don't even know if he got to the bench. I did. He like skated there. And then next thing you know, he had the puck on a stick like 15 seconds later. It's like, did he go off and was told no, stay on? Or did he go off for a quick 10 seconds and then get back on the ice? It was actually very bizarre. And the what worst thing about that too is you had – Nick Robertson played just nine minutes in that game. Dude, Nick Robertson's playing well, man. Like, why can't you put those guys out there? You need offense. They have been probably one of your, you know, more trustworthy guys at five on five to drive some offense. Yeah. And I don't like this is where, again, Sheldon Keith. Yes, I understand you're going to rely on your big boys to get you going, but not the detriment of overusing them. And not using the guys who will deserve more playing time. Like, that's the part that really, really bothered me, too, is you can see that those guys coming second night of a back-to-back, I understand that they had a whole week off, but it's almost like you're going from zero to 100. Like, it's hard for those guys on a back-to-back like that. So I think Sheldon Keith deserves a little bit of of blame, a little bit for how Saturday kind of ended there, because you saw they had nothing left in that third period. No, there there wasn't a whole lot. I mean, you there was even a chance where they had like one could have had a little bit of a breakaway, but yeah, Neilander had nothing, no gas left in the tank to uh, to get the Jets on. Um, I got a pretty important question for you. We'll we'll save it for the other side here, but I, I I does pertain to what's happened so far here in the last couple of games since coming home from uh, from Sweden. So we'll get to that question in just a second but first i want to tell you guys about one of today's show sponsors it's our good friends over at sleeper a new nhl season brings all sorts of possibilities matthews could score 50 goals the leafs could hoist the stanley cup and you could win big by playing daily fantasy hockey on sleeper the official daily fantasy app of the locked on nhl network sleeper is our number one choice for daily fantasy sports and especially daily fantasy hockey because with sleeper you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy fantasy hockey contests uh all you have to do is pick whether studs like matthews or marner or nylander crosby mckinnon whoever will score uh record more or less than their sleeper projections for things like goals assists saves plus minus and more in any given game to win a 100 times bet on sleeper you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats you heard me leaf fans you can win 100 times your money by playing daily fantasy hockey with sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use the promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms conditions apply. That's code LOCKEDONNHL. See sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. Welcome back into the Locked On Leafs podcast. It's Mike DiStefano and Dave Morissuti. Uh, we are hosts here at Locked on Leafs and coming off a disappointing weekend where the Maple Leafs picked up just one of four points. They had an overtime loss to the lowly Chicago Blackhawks and then followed it up with uh, a loss to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, Dave, back to back games where, uh, you know, the the top line was not very good. Didn't put up any points, got no offense out of them. And there's been way too many nights of late where you've come away saying, man, 
that top line was just kind of meh, like kind of invisible tonight. Is it time to split those guys up? Marner and Matthews is, has it gotten to a point where you think that's how you maybe can spark these guys? So, yeah, that's, that's been the biggest conversation thing. And I, I, I saw a lot of takes on this. Obviously there's the, why break up the second line when they're playing? So when they're playing so well, you know, don't ruin a good thing. Yeah. But so you're going to actually have to figure out a way to make this top line work. I only have one of two solutions. One is because of how the issues they've had defensively, maybe you got to slide Cal Yarn Croak up there because we yep. know that they've done that so many times. I'm more on board of doing that first because you need to figure out a way to make that line better defensively. And I think if you make them better defensively, the offense will come. I think doing, I think the only reason I would consider getting rid of Martin or Matthews is if this is just not like they're at a point where it's just never, it's, you have to give them a break. I'm not there yet. I just think defensively you give them a little bit of a boost with yarn. I think that's an easy thing to try to do. Give it a couple games, see if it works. If it doesn't, then you got every reason to make that change. Yeah, I've seen that uh, that proposal out there. I don't hate it. I think that's probably what you would do right now because, yeah, that second line, they're playing extremely well right now. I mean, you look at how well they've done over the course of the last little bit. Like, I'll pull up the numbers quickly, but I'm pretty sure as a line, they are one of the top-performing teams um, in the NHL over the course of the last like month since they've been put together. I know they definitely have been the least top line. That's for sure. When they're out there together, um, you got Nylander, Tavares and uh, Bertuzzi right now. Ooh, why is that? It's not showing up for me. There it is um, right now. Yeah. Look at that. A, a 59% Corsi, a 56% shot share. They've outscored their opposition seven to three at five on five. Uh, a 59% expected goals. Like that's really good guys. That is really, really good. Nearly 60% of the expected goals. That's for a line that's played as, as often as they have at this point. Um, that is exceptional. So I, I don't know if you break those guys up. So I think you're, you're right in that assessment. Cause I think I'm on board with you, at least for now. Uh, maybe that changes in a week or so. So the only other logical solution, I suppose is to your point, throw up Cali Yarncroft. Maybe you could even maybe Max Domi. Like I, I the problem is you want to help the team defensively. So I guess it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to throw Domi up there. But if you take away Yarncroft from you know Domi and Robertson, now all of a sudden that's a real liability defensively as your third line. But at the same time, it's more important to get your top line going than it is your third line, right? So if that is yeah. what it takes yeah, if that's what it takes to to get those guys going. And, hey, we saw last year that Matthews and Yarncroft actually have some decent chemistry together. They like to play with one another. You know, Matthews has, has spoken about how, you know, Callie's got a good shot, and he's shown it this year. He's playing really well this season, I think, Callie Yarncroft. So I think he's also deserving of maybe uh, a, you know, bump up to the top line just based on how well he's played, to be fair. And that's not to say that Matthew Nice has played awful. But unfortunately, got to get those other guys going. And again, it's so stupid to say that $2 million Cali Yarncroft has to get $11 million Mitch Marner going. But 
this is where we're at. I mean, you kind of just have to roll the punches and, and see what works because the last few games, the last few weeks, this guy's been in a bit of a funk. I don't know. I don't know how to get him out of it. Maybe it is a lineup change, and that seems to be really the only one that makes sense. Yeah, like for Sheldon Keith to kind of put brush try brush this off. Like he knows that they're not playing well, and he's obviously admitted to it. Mm-hmm. But at some point, he as the coach needs to take a step to say, you know what, I got to get these guys going. It doesn't help the team if I'm just going to hope that this gets better right he's got i think really come about and say you know what guys we got to make a switch here we're gonna do how many years really need to talk to them just go and do it right like he can go and discuss it with them if they feel like it's needed but i think it only gets to that point if he decides you know what we need to split you guys up i think that's maybe the only time i would have that conversation if it's needed but at the same time he's the coach you're he's paid to do that for a reason so i think he, he's got to try something, and it, they can't wait too long. That's where I'm kind of getting at. Yeah, I'm looking at that top line right now as a trio. Matthew Nyes, Austin Matthews, and Mitch Marner. So they played eight games together, uh, over 94 minutes of ice time. And in those 94 minutes, they've been outshot 51 to 38. Uh, they've scored six goals. They've had six goals scored against them. They've got a 50% expected goals for um again that's usually closer up to 57 58 is where that top line has been in years past so you know that's that's not great to be hovering around 50 percent. and they are uh, scoring chances they've given up 41 scoring chances as well so you know they're yeah as a trio it's it hasn't been the best i guess we could maybe say uh so yeah perhaps a switcheroo some sort of line juggling to try and get the those top guys going um maybe in the cards perhaps we'll see in practice today something a little bit different uh out of uh out of you know Keith when it comes to that top line all right anything else that you want to get off your chest before we head out for uh for the day no no i think uh i think we pretty much i think we nail what we need to know i mean there's not i will say i don't know if anyone's really mentioned connor timmons since he's come back Mm-hmm. Give him a little time. If anyone's getting any impatient with them, he's only played two games. Yeah, I don't think any. I mean, there was far more issues in those last two games. I think he's very, very far on the totem pole. Of- there is one thing I will say: turnovers. The Leafs need to, but like they need to hunker down on these turnovers. Yeah, yeah, costly. I I was looking thing against like Pittsburgh, like majority, like they own the chances off like turnovers and things like that. I think, I think like the Leafs, they're their worst enemy at times, right? Dude, always. What do you mean at times? Always. That's been this team's biggest problem is, is they've been their own worst enemy. They play up to their opponent. They play down to their opponent. And, you know, you saw that on display perfectly this weekend, right? Uh, It's, it's frustrating. It is frustrating, but that's, that's Toronto. You thought you thought Ryan Reeves in the locker room was going to change all that. Sorry, it's not. <laughs> it hasn't, at least. Uh, maybe it'll change come the postseason. I don't know. That's apparently what I'm being told. Is he's not he's not paid to play in the regular season. He's paid to play in the playoffs. All right, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> we shall see. Uh, anyway, 
All right, we'll uh, we'll wrap it up there. We'll come back and we'll chat some more uh, tomorrow. But that'll do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You subscribe to Locked On Leafs podcast on all podcast platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Dave at D underscore Morissuti and follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. Go ahead, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, leave a like and a comment down below. That'd be greatly appreciated we'll be back with another episode tomorrow we'll be teeing up the leaf game who do they got tomorrow anyways just taking a peek at the schedule florida panthers coming to town yeah they gotta play a lot better than they did this weekend if they want to get past the florida panthers so we'll tee that one up for y'all on tomorrow's show so make sure that you do come back subscribe so you you get uh, the episode bright and early in the morning for your commute or whenever you have uh, a chance to listen. But like I said, we'll be back tomorrow. Until then, keep it locked right here on Locked on Leaks.